0: The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice.
1: That's right. Today on the lab report, Zach George.
0: United Kingdom's fittest man.
1: Also an author and overall pretty cool dude.
0: The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to The Lab Report. I feel like I need to go on the record Mm. regarding steak. I do not put ketchup on my steak in reference to last episode.
1: What are you talking I've seen you do it.
0: Lies! Hello! Hi, I'm Michael Chapman.
1: Hi, Patty Devers. How are you?
0: I'm doing great, except that I do not put ketchup on steak. It was a joke.
1: You wanted to clarify that? You wanted to make yes. sure everyone knows... Yes,
0: on the record. ...you
1: don't have disgusting eating habits? <laughs> I've seen your Instagram. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is a podcast brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. It's where we talk about things like specialty lab testing, functional medicine, integrative therapeutics, and the like.
0: Yeah. And if you're new to the show... Welcome. If you are returning, then you get the references related to steak and ketchup. But thank you for coming back. And we hope that you'll go to iTunes or Spotify and maybe subscribe to the show, rate, review, leave us some stars.
1: That's right. And if you have additional feedback, you can send that to podcast at gdx.net. That's our email address. It
0: is. So, Michael, what do you put on steak?
1: uh It depends. Like, if I'm at home, mm-hmm. I typically will put something like A1 on it just because okay. I really like A1.
0: What, why is it called A1? I
1: have no idea. Oh, because it it's A number one? I don't know. Do we, do we Google it? Yeah. I got it. All right, here we've got this A... Is, oh, uh, that, hold on, let me go back. Uh, no, caps no. lock? Cap- this is why I Does it have to be caps This is why I'm A, the Googler. And You're then terrible at one this. one is up here.
0: Never mind, I got it here. All right, what do you got? Well, A1 Steak Sauce mm-hmm. was created sometime in the 1820s by Henderson William Brand, who was the chef to... England's King George the Fourth. Wow, I know, and the king was so pleased with the new sauce, he proclaimed it a number one or a one for short. So looks like I was right.
1: You had it very, very Mm -hmm. good. I did not expect that to be coming from the UK. I don't know. I think of like steaks and hamburgers as being, you know, like totem American, totally. Yeah. Yeah, So, but that's interesting because we also have another famous. British George on the show today. Yes,
0: nice leap there. Today we have Zach George, who happens to be the UK's fittest man. It makes me
1: wonder, what must it be like to be named fittest man? Like, you must feel like Atlas. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's a lot of pressure.
1: No, I wasn't talking about the pressure. I mean, I think he could literally lift up the world.
0: (laughs) Well, no doubt, no doubt. And not only is he a brilliant athlete, but he's also an author and a speaker and just all around great guy. So we're really excited to meet him.
1: Well, then let's meet him. So, Patty, I know. Do you know who we have? I'm fangirling out. I know you are. Let me tell you a little bit about who we have on, which is Zach George. Zach George is one of the world's top CrossFit athletes. He is a health and fitness influencer and author, and officially the UK's fittest man in 2020. Zach's story is one of dramatic change, resilience, and hard work. He opened his own commercial gym called CrossFit BFG in 2017 and created an online coaching program called Team Silverback to empower people across the world to realize the strength within. And we cannot say enough. Thank you for being here, Zach. Thank you so
2: much. That was a a very good intro. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's just start out by why don't you tell us the personal journey of your transformation from a young, overweight, early teenager to now the UK's fittest man. What was the catalyst there?
2: Yeah, so when I was a kid, I was extremely different to how I was now. Um, I would say I was very out of shape. I used to have McDonald's and KFC probably four or five times a week. Um, big bags of Haribo every single day after school. Used to hate any sort of exercise. I'd always enjoyed playing sport. and have been a sporty kid, but if you try to get me to do any sort of activity outside of the sporting environment i have like, Nap. I just want to be sitting on <laughs> the sofa eating my biscuits and chocolate. So I was an extremely lazy kid. I'm very self-conscious about my body. I never used to like taking my top off. i always very self-conscious about how I looked. And um, I remember, I think my parents always tried to get me to try and lose weight in a way not to kind of discourage me as a kid, and not to basically say, come on, Zach, you need to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And um, I think my dad tried several different attempts. But the one that really resonated with me was when... I really wanted the PlayStation 2 oh. and it was a brand new console at the time and all my friends had it. Right. And my dad was like, right, let's, let's make a deal. If you, uh, if we put a plan in place, maybe sort your diet out a little bit, get you training a little bit more in the week. Uh, if we lose some weight after the first month or two, then we'll go and buy a PlayStation 2. Wow. So for me, I was like, wow, this is my, this is my <laughs> chance to get this PlayStation 2. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, it was fairly straightforward, really. Instead of having McDonald's four or five times a week, I would have it maybe twice. I just basically cut out a lot of the junk food, trying to have sweets and chocolate every single day. And um, I didn't change my training regime too much. I just kept that pretty much the same as I was doing, just going to school, playing some sport. But then I just had less junk food. And obviously the, the weight dropped off. felt really good about myself. And, yeah, it was good to actually put my mind to something, try and set a goal and then achieve it. And after the month or two, uh, I remember jumping on the scales, we'd lost some weight, we uh, were doing the measurements and yeah, lost a few inches around my stomach and I felt really good about myself. And my dad was like, right, okay, um, you've done really well, really proud of you, let's go let's go get your PlayStation 2. <laughs> so uh, we went to Toys R Us, which is a big shop in uh, the UK, not longer, it's not a shop anymore, but yeah, it was a big shop when you were a kid, it was like a kid's heaven when you walked oh, yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Just so many toys and everything, it was amazing, so... I remember walking in there, getting the PlayStation 2, getting a game. And yeah, and and that was that. And that was like the first sort of stage to losing some weight. But I think the first real big change for me mentally was when we went to an Anthony Robinson seminar. Mm -hmm. And I think this was probably about a year and a half after I first started to lose a little bit of weight. And it was um, a three-day course. My dad sort of dragged the family along. And none of us wanted to go. And we were like, Dad, come on. I was like 15 at a time. I was like, well, I don't want to spend my weekend in the NEC. I don't know who this guy is. I'm not going to enjoy it. Um, sister and mum were pretty much the saying, they're like, oh, Dad, Dudley, why don't you just go on your own? He's like, no, come on, you've got to come. it's going to be a really good weekend. And, um, yeah, it was definitely a life-changing weekend. It was all about motivation, yeah. uh, nutrition, kind of goal setting, just wanting more from, from your life than maybe... you you didn't know that you wanted and um yeah it was an amazing weekend and after that weekend it was the first time where i wanted to get in shape for myself and i didn't need any sort of external reward from anyone else um no nothing else was motivating me apart from wanting to do it for myself um so i think that was probably another massive change for me was actually wanting to get in shape and be healthy for myself and and not do it for anyone else
1: wow what a what an incredible story and so many things you can learn from that too Mm -hmm. i think uh, instigating, uh, PlayStations as part of public health (laughs) policy might be interesting. And then also we're trying to get Tony Robbins on. So what a ringing endorsement and we'll see if that's enough (laughs) to bring him on.
2: But yeah, yeah. the the irony of the PlayStation two losing weight, but then just sitting on your sofa playing the PlayStation two is kind of,
1: I was thinking that myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us about your nickname Silverback. Um, and your coaching program shares that name. So where did that name come from?
2: Silverback? So this came from one of my friends, Danny. Um, he came to the CrossFit box, came really good friend, and we just did a workout. So I was pretty pumped up, and he was standing behind me, and he's like, "Mate, your back looks like a silverback," <laughs> and uh, it kind of just stuck from there. And uh, yeah, so it was just uh, just someone looking at my back and saying, "Wow, your your back is huge," so <laughs> and it kind of just, just stuck. Yeah, and and some of the some of our groups of friends, we kind of. I don't know how it came about. We, we have different like animal names for a couple of our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of just fit really well with with all the all the lads that I kind of hang around with. So, yeah, that's how that came about. <laughs> nice. nice.
0: Well, we know you are a CrossFit big-time athlete. And the craziness of this past year and a half has taught us all a bit that we need to be resilient, right? But recently yeah. you announced a setback and you needed to pull out of the 2021 CrossFit Games due to a hip injury. What, what's your plan moving forward with that?
2: Yeah, it was uh, really frustrating, um, especially after last year with the pandemic. And obviously it was my first year I qualified for the Games and then having that spot taken away. So after last year, I was so determined to really make a big push this year. And then first stage of the season went OK with the Open. It was quite a relaxed start to the season. And then the second stage I had the uh, hip injury. Um, and it was something that I was feeling building up over a couple of weeks, but it was only like a little niggle. So it wasn't anything that would stop me training mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, just push my body too much. And now it's become a bit of a serious thing where it's going to take about two, two, three months out. So, mm. yeah, frustrating. But I always try to, for myself, I like to give this advice a lot to other people as well, is that if you have a setback, it's always an opportunity to turn that situation to a positive situation. Mm-hmm. So last year, me not going to the games allowed me to focus on a lot of things. And one of them was writing my first book. So, yeah. Mm. That was where I wouldn't have probably achieved that if I was still in very serious competing mode. Mm-hmm. Um, same for this year, we've, we've kind of got four or five months back of the year where I would have been so focused on training and so focused on getting to the games, where I may have turned down a lot of opportunities or not really pushed my career as much because I was so focused on training. So, at the end of this year, I just want to, I want to kind of look back in the year and be like, right, I've achieved so much where I wouldn't have achieved if I was still competing at the Games, that kind of makes, not makes it worth it, but I can be like, right, that setback wasn't really a negative thing because it's allowed me to focus on so much other things within the year. So, yeah, with any setback I get, I always try and turn it into a positive and achieve things I wouldn't have achieved if I hadn't had that setback.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think that's something a lot of people have learned in the past year, you know, just that stepping back and reassessing. So great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we definitely want to, we're going to ask you about your book for sure in a a second. I, I, it's so tricky, you know, especially somebody of your caliber of athleticism, like knowing how much rest is really needed to, to incorporate, especially when, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing. So like based on your experience, like how much rest and recovery do you recommend for people at that high level of performance?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Everyone's very different. So when you get to the top athlete level, you have some people who train at high volume. So I train at particularly a high volume when I'm in peak physical position, um, like fitness. And then when I'm working towards competition, whereas if you took an elite athlete, who's also in a great, obviously great athlete, but then if you put them on my program, they might find it too much volume. So I think it's a question that's it's very different It's down to the person and down to the, how the, their body copes with different style of training. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, for me, one program won't be suitable for every top athlete. Mm-hmm. Everyone's so different. Everyone has different demands. Um, some people are top athletes, but then also uh, a father to like kids. So that'll make a big difference if they're not recovering as well. So yeah, there's so many factors that come into play depending on how, how much rest you need. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, uh, I train, twice a day for about three and a half hours a day and then i get about nine hours of sleep a day so for me that that's that's worked for me over the years um whereas for someone else that might be too much sleep or it might be too little sleep so yeah i think it's very much down to the person and who you are um and then you only find that out with years of experience and and kind of playing with different things and playing with different training regimes yeah makes
0: sense and I mean, in your experience, I have a feeling the answer is going to be it depends. But in your experience, where is the line between pushing through some pain and then overtraining? So, how do you find that line?
2: Yeah, again, that's something that I would say you you build up. Um, I think if someone like I said, if someone dove into my training regime right now, they would be like, wow, and they'll probably be in an overtraining state because it's just too much. So everyone's overtraining is slightly different. Everyone's got different thresholds. Um, but for my training volume, I've built up that over seven years. So I, my body's used to it. Whereas seven years ago, if I went straight to this training regime, after two months, I'll be in overtraining state. Um, but it's really, it's, it's really easy to – not easy, but it's, there's some telltale signs that if you're overtraining. And that's just if you're really fatigued, if you're getting lots of little niggles, lots of little injuries like regularly – Um, If you feel like you've got no energy to to train and your training sessions are really poor quality, that's probably a sign that you are overtraining and you need to kind of take a step back and you need to kind of have a bit of a rest. So the most important thing with overtraining is just listen to your body and you you can't ignore the signs that your body will give you because it will always give you signs um, before normally something major happens. So, yeah, you've got to be listening to your body and uh, just be aware of how your body's feeling.
0: I just want to say I appreciate the use of the word niggle. It makes me (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: well, Zach, I mean, based on like everything that you've been through and what you've accomplished, like what, what advice would you give to people who are trying to figure out how to stay motivated? Like what, where's the drive come from? What keeps driving you and and how do you overcome some of those things when you're feel like you maybe want to kind of take a day off or, you know, stop for a little while?
2: Yeah, I think there's a few things. Um, One, the major one, you've got a goal set. I think that's such an important um, part of wanting to achieve anything in your career or in your fitness journey. You've got to sit down, put a plan in place, set some clear goals that you want to achieve and um, set some goals that I like to say, set goals that scare you, Don't try not to stay in your comfort zone. So set some big goals that you want to achieve and, and they might take six months, a year, two years to achieve. It um, doesn't matter how long it takes, but put a big goal in place, put lots of little goals along the way in place so that will keep you motivated I think if you've got a big end goal, like for me, when I started in CrossFit, my goal was get to the CrossFit Games. Um, That was a seven-year journey to finally achieving that. And if I didn't have lots of little goals along the way, then you can easily get demotivated or Mm sidetracked. So Mm -hmm. the main goal for me was qualify for the Games. But then along that way, it was win a a small local comp. And then when I've done that, then it would be win a bigger European comp and then go to regional. So there's lots of little goals you're ticking off along the way to get to your main priority goal. Um, I think that's really important to uh, to keep you motivated throughout your journey. Um, another key point is is the people you surround yourself with. Mm. And I'm very fortunate I can have a lot of positive people around me that all want to see each other succeed. And I think that's such a powerful tool to to have if you've got a really good community around you that on the days where I don't feel like training, because you're not you're not hundred percent positive and, and motivated every single day there's days where I wake up and like, oh, I just can't be bothered to train. I just I don't know what it is. I might've had some junk food the day before or not had enough sleep or just generally not feeling great that day. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to allow yourself to have those days and, and know that they're normal. And those are days that i rely on my uh, tight knit group around me. So like, come on, Zach, let's, let's get in the gym. Let's have a really good session. We're all there for you. And then at the end of the session, I've had a great training session and I feel really good. So yeah, Surrounding yourself with a community of positive people is definitely something I'd highly recommend. And um, yeah, I, th- I said you've got to be—you've got to allow yourself to have those days. I think a lot of people beat themselves up if if they feel negative one day, or if they feel like they can't be bothered, or they feel like they've got to be hundred percent positive every single day. And, and that's not the case. You've got to allow yourself to to have the days where you have the bad training sessions, or have the days where you're not feeling too good, so you have to take a little step back from your training that day. Um, and just know that's part of the journey, really.
0: Right, right. Yeah. I like that. And, you know, on this podcast, you know, we're speaking to a lot of clinicians who are in sports medicine or who are treating athletes. And on this show, we talk a lot about the importance of diet and nutrition for anyone wanting to just optimize their health. What's your approach in general to diet or macronutrients?
2: Yeah. So for me, luckily, I've got a, a coach, Empty uh, Performance. He's called Mike. And, he takes that pressure away from me having to worry about if i'm eating the right things if i'm getting enough macros Uh, we eat about three thousand eight hundred calories a day Um, he'll set all my macros out for me all my fats carbs and protein Um, i'm very fortunate to have a sponsor will send me food Um, so they're called the good prep and they'll send me it's roughly about 80 meals a week and it makes me so easy because mike will talk with them they'll send me the right um, nutritional pack that i need and it just makes it so easy for me. And I've literally just got to eat the food. And for me, even though I'm a top athlete, I really struggle with, if it's not prep for me, then I will go off the rails and eat all sorts. Mm. I just, I, I'm not a fan of, I don't like cooking. Um, I'm just not, a, I'm not a chef. I don't like preparing food. So luckily my girlfriend's a really good cook and she'll cook a lot of things. And then we have the the good prep meals. And it makes such a big difference for for performance. Um, I always like a saying, you can never out-train a bad diet. Mm -hmm. And if your goals are just to lose weight or just to get healthier or to be a good athlete, nutrition is so important um, for achieving those goals. And if you don't take your nutrition seriously, then you're always going to be holding yourself back of what you're truly capable of. And, um, yeah, anyone there who's listening who's not an elite athlete, you don't have to be as strict on your diet. Obviously, for me, it's really important because I want to get – every single percent out of my body I can to try and get ahead of the game right. and nutrition, keeping that on point, is going to give me an extra edge on, on someone else who's not really serious with their nutrition. But if you're just someone who, who likes going to the gym and just generally wants to be healthier, I always advise like an 80, 20 split. So 80% of the time, be healthy with your food, make good choices. And then 20% of the week. So it might be a Saturday night or Sunday night, enjoy a takeaway. Um, enjoy some chocolate. Don't feel guilty about it because You've got to have balance in life. And if you're super strict on your diet and you only maintain that for a month and then you go off the rails, mm-hmm. it, it's not a good position to be in. So you're better to have a nice, moderate balance and then maintain that all, all year round. Right. Great. That
1: makes, that's good advice. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, let's talk a little bit about your book. Your new book is called Start Where Others Stop. What does that yep. phrase mean? And uh, what can people expect when they read the book?
2: Yeah, so Start Where the Stop is all about – I always want to break down the barriers that people – put in place or I hear a lot so I always hear a lot of people say I'm too unfit to start the gym or I'm too unhealthy to start that journey or I'm not good enough to go for that job promotion um, or don't have enough time to go to the gym and it's kind of trying to break all those barriers down give people a plan and help them put a plan in place so a lot of the books about goal setting like we spoke about earlier and and putting a plan in place so I want people to to read the book And be like right i've been putting off that goal for so long because i might not have that inner confidence or i'm just not got that inner motivation and i'm hoping that they can read this book find that inner confidence and motivation and kind of break those barriers down and just put a plan in place and work towards that goal that they might have been putting off for for so many years and um obviously it's a book about my life my backstory and how i was an overweight kid to then becoming the uk's fittest man but i wanted people to take away a tool from reading the book and that tool is about plan setting and, and achieving goals. And yeah, we've had some great feedback already and it's, it's amazing to hear that people are already read the book and then straight away starting to put a plan in place to achieve a goal. And that's my main thing and that's what makes me really proud about I've write, written the book is that people are already starting to put plans in place to, to kind of attack those goals that they've been putting off for years. So yeah, it's a mixture of helping people goal set, and just find that inner confidence and motivation that they can achieve anything they want to achieve if they put their mind to it.
0: It's such a such a great title too. And just we we know that you have this gym in the UK called CrossFit BFG, but you also offer yep. online training with Team Silverback at silverbackprogramming.com. Can you talk to us a little bit about those programs? And is it just for elite athletes, or can Michael Chapman sign up?
2: I was just going to say that you'd be <laughs> <sure. laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Anyone um, can do any of the programs. So CrossFit BFG is a great community. Obviously, the gyms in Leicester. Uh, it's a CrossFit specific gym. So we have members who come in, who are majority of the members are people who just want to get in shape and fit for everyday life. Um, I'd probably say ten percent of the gym members are people who want to compete and take it very seriously, and they they want to train every single day they want to be the best person they can be and they want to get to the, the top in the sport but the majority of the people are all just coming in just to enjoy a good social workout with with their friends and just get as healthy and fit as they can and learn the cross skills along the way um a lot of people within cross gyms i think they get quite scared about going into a crossfit gym because i think it's going to be all sorts of people doing ring muscle ups handstand walks and you've yeah. got to be able to do that stuff to, to join guess. a gym <laughs> whereas when do you actually when do you actually go to a crossfit gym And you realize that most of the people are just your everyday Joe who just wants to get fit, then um, it kind of breaks that kind of mental barrier down of thinking you have to be fit to start a CrossFit gym. So um, within a CrossFit class, if someone's doing muscle-ups, then a scaled option could be ring rows or it could be pull-ups. So there's always scaled options within CrossFit that you can do. So it doesn't matter what fitness level you are, you can always join a CrossFit gym. So, yeah, it's it's a great community at BFG and, and I love having all the members around me and it's great training with people who have literally joined up last week and they're training with someone who's been doing it for seven years. It's it's just a great sort of balance of, of having people that are new to the sport and and pushing them along and they're pushing me as well. So yeah, that's a really good community. And then the online programming, I, I do individual clients, um, have about 12 individual clients who take it very seriously and I'll watch their videos three or four times a week, have regular contact with them. And they're the people who really take it seriously and want to get to the games. And then the silverback um training is probably more for for your everyday um fitness goer. And we do different packages, but yeah, I'd definitely say it's more just for people who want to get into CrossFit or wanna learn CrossFit rather than people who are very experienced in it already.
1: Awesome. I have a question. I mean Because there's such a presence of people who kind of want to do their training kind of at home, you know, either in their gym or in their living room. And then there's another contingent of people that really like going to the gym and having that social environment. Do you think that that's like two just different personality types? Or do you think that there's something different going on there?
2: Uh, I think you definitely have the people who some people love training on their own at home and then some people hate it. And then you've got the same for some people love going to the gym. Some people hate it. So I definitely think you've got just two different types of people in, in that respect, but obviously with all the lockdowns and everything like that, you do, you have found some people mm-hmm. who, who generally just enjoy training at home mm-hmm. and they used to go, they enjoy the gym as well, but they enjoy the training at home just as much. And it can be more convenient. Right. All they've got to do is walk down to the garage and they can have a training session and they, then get straight back to work. So I think the lockdown has definitely made more people realize that they can actually do it from home um, and they can get the workouts done. But then on the flip side, when the gyms opened again in the UK, I think we're in lockdown for so long, people just got used to training at home. Mm-hmm. And then when they got into the gym, they're like, oh my God, I've missed this so much. Oh, yeah. yeah, And they, they didn't realise how much they missed the gym until they got back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think definitely people have adapted for training at home, um, but you definitely have some people who suit training at home more than others. And I, I'm, I'm the person who definitely... Vibes of people being around me, Mm -hmm. me training at home, I will end up just sitting around for way too long. (laughs) And yeah, when we're in lockdown, there's there's a amount of times I'd go down to the gym and I'd have a really hard session planned. And if I was with my usual group, then we'd get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, I just found myself not starting the session or just dropping the reps because yeah, I I definitely definitely benefit from being around people when I'm training. Yeah,
0: the accountability and the community, I get that, but. Zach, we we are so honored that you spent time with us. I was dying to meet you. And we want to encourage all of our listeners to go to silverbackprogramming.com. Check out your book, Start Where Others Stop. But before we let you go, we have one last question. Then I'm going to kick to Michael Chapman.
1: Yeah, Zach, we do one last question. It's called the fireball. It's a goofball the question. Fireball. And so <laughs> this is this might be apparent, but we've been asking people what their favorite animal is. I have uh, maybe a suspicion of what yours might be. Favorite wild Ooh, animal.
2: I think I think you two could probably guess <laughs> what my favorite animal is. Know, I'm thinking that was, silverback. was silverback. a <laughs> silverback gorilla. Yeah, that is my favorite animal. <laughs> Awesome. You're so great.
0: Well, Zach, thank you so much for spending time with us. It was an honor, sir.
2: Anytime. Thank you for having me on.
0: He's everything I dreamed he'd be.
1: He's got a girlfriend, Patty.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying he's charming and smart and engaging.
1: He is all those things. I just
0: love talking to him.
1: You think he has a PlayStation 4 by now?
0: (laughs) Doubtful. But we did forget to ask him if he likes A1 steak sauce.
1: Who doesn't like A1 steak sauce? That's fair. You're right. Way better than ketchup.
0: I think we've established I do not put ketchup on steak
1: mm-hmm. next time on the lab report Patty calls in from CrossFit Asheville
0: wait what? what
1: yeah I signed you up
0: lies these are lies
1: check your inbox
0: you've been listening to the lab report if you like what you hear please subscribe to our podcast rate us and leave us a review to learn more about Genova Diagnostics visit our website at gdx.net There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. Okay, so since you're going to sign up for Zach George's programs, are you going to go to the gym or would you rather do it online? Like which personality type are you?
1: Oh, I'm the personality type that's going to do both.
0: What? Uh, What does that mean?
1: I'll go to the gym with my computer and Uh, then watch Zach George Teach me how to work out (laughs) while I'm there. Just make everyone question my sanity.
0: You're one of those.